Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I am Midge Noble, your host, and today I have a very special guest. Martin Kintu Cowart is a spiritual teacher, mystic, and manifesting mentor to many. He encourages people to awaken to the truth of who they are, that is, the creative, unconditional, loving energy of the universe. He co-hosts the podcast, I Am the Universe, with Khaled and Kintu, with his son and business partner, Khaled Shaban Ben Cowart. Their live show is a celestial podcast venture that transcends boundaries and explores the cosmic realms with a blend of spirituality and profound insights. This dynamic father and son duo combines their distinct perspectives to create a tapestry of thought, provoking conversations that resonate with the essence of the universe itself. And Martin... Welcome to the Gay with God house, and thank you, thank you, thank you for this off, off sound. I guess I'm saying because we're not like, uh, meditation that you shared with me right before we went on, and it just absolutely chilled my little self out. So thank you, thank you, and welcome. Uh, man, it'll chill me out too. It's always a little. <laughs> I know I do this myself, and always that all that franticness, getting ready for this. Yeah, nice the last minute to let it all go and get present to, yes. to God. Yes, yes. So you are here um, because I believe that we were divinely connected. Um, first by our, our beloved publisher, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Grace. But I think that there's a bigger a bigger picture for us. And um, I'm so excited that you're here. So tell us your story. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story growing up as, as a little gay boy in South Georgia. Okay. Uh, I am from a town called Albany, Georgia, and I grew up as a fairly middle class, but looking back, I actually was a pretty privileged white boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. <laughs> when you come to look at what things are like. Uh-huh. And, but I was different. I didn't think of myself as gay, but I was I did walk like a girl and I w- would often get teased and bullied and called mm-hmm. sissy and all kinds of names. And they were pain. That was painful. Mm-hmm. So I, I did get bullied, but I, I can't say that I lived a life of trauma as a kid. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed, I had a happy life really. I, I didn't really like things like football and baseball. I didn't understand mm-hmm. any of those things, but I did. I was, I was an adventurer. I loved my bicycle and I mm-hmm. love being on my bicycle and I love taking my bike on trips and journeys and adventures and stuff like that. And one of the things I liked about being on my bicycle, we had lots and lots of woods in South Georgia that I could drive my ride my bike over to. And there was a special tree called the monkey tree. It really wasn't very far from my house. And that was a place that I loved to go by myself and sometimes with some really good friends and just sit in the tree and just kind of enjoy the day and kind of look at the world. And I would say is in, in that space that I would, I began to have a relationship with something to me, that was a lot more like what Jesus was supposed to be than what I was learning. Yeah. 
I didn't learn anything ugly about people. In I don't believe, remember. Mm-hmm. I went. I was. I, I was raised Presbyterian, and we were. My family was not particularly racist, and we were. We were. You know, we just went about our business. But I did live in the Deep South, and there was an overall arching belief, and it still is that white people are superior to black people, mm-hmm. and that and that crept into my being, and it's that and that that is always there because I can't can't I can't unlearn what I learned. Mm-hmm. But I am now aware of it, and I'm all, like I'm aware that I'm a gay man, and I'm aware that all those things people told me are not true. Mm-hmm. So when I catch myself falling, catch myself today falling into my own internalized homophobia or my own racism, I'm able to step and say, "Wait a minute, that is just not true." And the latest way that that racism has shown up is in the work I'm doing in Africa, in what I would call the white um, savior syndrome mm. we are the white people coming from america and we're going to save you mm. that is so narcissistic when you think about yes. it and so <laughs> and it was getting in the way and that is the last frontier that i have i've come through mm. i have i'm doing some weeks very exciting work in in africa right now i am in a project called the diamond mine project um, land purchase campaign, and we're looking to raise $25,000 to purchase our own land in around the Konkuma refugee camp. There are about 2,000 LGBTQ refugees living in that camp who are living in hell mm. because the camp, they are living in a camp with like 500,000 of very homophobic people who want to kill them and torture and make their lives miserable, and they do. Mm. So we're involved I got involved in a project about two years ago with my partner now, Abba Henry. And uh, I said, well, this, he asked, for, I went to Nairobi to deliver a cell phone, really, and by divine, <laughs> by divine intervention. And I found myself uh, attached to him. And I said, this is something I can be, I can get behind. This is something I can commit my life to. Mm. And I have. And the, the, the commitment and the mission is to get LGBTQ Africans to the United States, to a safe environment. That is the overall mission. And and the and along the way, the Diamond Mine Academy land purchase campaign is to buy a piece of land that we own ourselves so that we have a place, a sanctuary for LGBTQ people to live outside of the walls of the camp that we can protect and, and, and secure the boundaries of and make sure that they can live safely. And also they can be educated, they can connect to the internet. The host, it's, a, it's a nice campaign. It's to give people something, some hope and some dignity and some security and some safety in a very dangerous place that will allow them to live safely as they come to the United States. Right now, currently, um, currently, uh, Kenya is the only path to freedom in the United States. The only country that will allow them refugee status, that will allow them to travel to the United States is Kenya. So they have no choice but to go to Kenya. Mm. That and so and that's like jumping from the fire into the frying pan because if you are coming from at least in a country like Uganda, you can somewhat hide. But if you go into the camp and you come from Uganda and you speak English, they know you're gay. Oh. So they immediately begin to target you, mm. and you don't want to know. I, I don't even go into what that's all about, but. Uh, I will tell you that my son, Darius, along the way, I I, inher- I, I adopted two beautiful uh, 
Ugandan men. One is named Darius and one is named Halid. Halid shares, is the one that shares the podcast with me. And Darius is a manifesting coach with me. And we're having a really great time doing what we're doing. And I've met them along the way. And it's just life has been quite a journey. And it's just very, very, very exciting. So that's kind of my coming out story and what I'm doing today to try to help LGBTQ people, our, our community. So if people are listening, I invite you to go to our website. I'm going to plug this because it's, it's, a, it's a valuable cause. And no, and you can, and I'm gonna tell you something. I had a, I had a dream that there were our minimum donation is thirty five dollars. You can donate thirty five up to eight donations up to fifteen hundred. But I, I would love to see hundreds of thirty five dollars donations coming from all over the world. To support Wouldn't that be that cool? So yes, exciting. absolutely. I it will join a, you in that dream. <laughs> it would just be so wonderful to see thirty five people just to see, just manifest to see. $35 here, 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 just an entire abundance of $35 donations from hundreds and thousands of people all over the world who want to support our cause. Mm -hmm. So that's our mission. I mean, you can, we'll, we'll take up to 1500 or we'll take more than that if you want. That's to right. <laughs> but really, I'm serious. I mean, I, really, I'm, I'm really trying to create some momentum here and some, and, some, and some energy around loving this community. And again, it's not about the amount. It's about, it's about, participating and giving something mm -hmm. from your heart. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you something, $35 in that part of the world will make a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. So my audience out there listening, if you think, if you'd like to do something really nice this holiday season, consider making a $35 donation for the Diamond Mind Academy mm -hmm. uh, project land purchase comment, uh, land purchase campaign. And it's that's the all gift of, I'm going to do on my It's business. the gift of hope, really, isn't it? It's the gift of hope because when we've all been there, you talked about inner homophobia and how hopeless it is when you're in that space and you don't think it's ever going to get better or when someone else gets elected as an official and they begin to strip away the rights we already got and then they're trying to take them away. There's that hopelessness that builds in like how long? Oh Lord, how long, you know? Yeah, and I, I, so that hope of understanding that it doesn't have to be a humongous amount of money, because when you do put it over into a foreign country that is so impoverished in some ways, it does go further than it goes here. And it means a lot. So that gift of hope not only reaches Africa, but it also boomerangs back to us. Because if I'm a giver, I'm also a receiver because this is a cyclical thing. Yeah, it raises our vibration. It raises. Yes. We, we're in a place of generosity and gratitude, mm -hmm. and we give from abundance and we give from the heart, and it raises our vibration. And that's the really the whole point of, of of living in what I call the zone of genius. Some people call it Jesus called it the kingdom of heaven, and Joseph Spencer calls it the quantum field. It doesn't really matter what you call it. It is that wonderful fifth dimension that I enjoy living in today, and I I know you do too. That allows us to live in that place of complete peace and understanding of all people, and we know mm -hmm. it's just it's just a place of loving kindness. And um, I just I just feel really blessed to to one to be aware that I have this 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 gift, and number two that I'm able to teach other people how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you, how did you navigate as you were coming through your young years? And even though you, you were loved and you were taken care of, you know, how did you manage the inner homophobia? When did you realize that the difference you were feeling was actually that you were a gay boy? When did that, when, what realization happened then? Well, I was a little bit of a rebel all my life. I was a hippie. <laughs> you know, I, 
I was I, I I'm almost seventy years old, and I was I was a kid of the of the sixties. I'm a I'm a hippie. I'm I'm a hippie. Okay. Okay. And when you're a hippie, it's like it's almost like being fluid today. I wasn't really identified as gay. I didn't. I, I really. I don't know that I came out and actually had any kind of sexual relations with anybody. Like I got in college, probably, uh-huh. and I realized there, and it was still kind of weird, awkward because I didn't. I wasn't quite comfortable with it, but it, I, I came out in college actually, mm-hmm. and I came out of the University of Georgia, and I had a and I and it was a pretty liberal place. Some of my best friends were the B fifty two, who are now the B fifty twos. They weren't the B fifty twos then; they were just a bunch of fun folks I used to love to hang out with. <laughs> but um, but that's just an idea. I mean, <laughs> I remember one summer we spent the summer doing LSD in in Atlanta. So I mean, that was the era I grew up with. So being gay was like. Well, that was nothing. It was, it was much, it was more fun being, being hippies and doing acid and on the weekend and dancing at a at a pool hall, you know. So, okay, okay. Um, you know, the, but going back to that question, in my family dynamic, my mother, my brother outed me when oh. I was because I had I had this boyfriend for like. 17 years from the South. He was a painter, a pretty well-known painter. Actually, he was a protege of Elaine de Kooning's. And we were, we had a house in the Hamptons and we lived here. And so we lived a pretty glamorous life as a, a kind of an upperly kind of a, a, a hot gay couple. Mm-hmm. They called us, they called us weak, Ritz and Weak Thins. We were known as the Southern Crackers. So um, we kind of had fun growing uh-huh. up. It's, kind of a fun adventure i mean i have to say i've had a really fun adventure doing it my father my father mother said well don't let your father know well, that's painful don't let your my father always knew too so it did you know it's just like some things didn't get discussed but reality is is that i did i had a fairly because i was a rebel and i was a hippie and i had friends that were hippies and rebels in southwest georgia uh all a lot of them were gay. Came to New York. It was really kind of fun. I gotta say, it really okay. was kind of. There's a whole bunch of us, about six or seven of us, uh, that moved to New York when we were in our twenties uh, to 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 be ourselves. Really. Mm-hmm. So being raised Presbyterian, that that was more of a an open kind of doctrine instead of like. Baptist. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't. I did, we, yes, it was not. We didn't get a lot of preaching of, of, of fire and brimstone from the mm-hmm. pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't the way. It wasn't the way things were for us. Now, my friends and stuff, and Baptists, and I grew up with. They were. They were. I went to Sunday school. With, I went to church with a friend of mine in a small town of Arlington, where my grandparents lived, and they were. They. They were. They weren't nice about. People that, that they weren't nice to anybody that wasn't white, <laughs> <laughs> white and straight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, you know, yeah, it was there. But fortunately for me, I didn't in my immediate family have a deal with a lot of racism or homophobia mm-hmm. or uh I mean, I was taught there are things you don't, there are words we didn't say, like the N-word, we didn't mm-hmm. call people ugly names. That I was fortunate in that way. That's good. That's good. So, so you talked earlier about how you identify the kingdom, heaven, whatever you want to call it, you know, the fifth dimension. Tell me about that journey of how you came from Georgia and had some sort of an idea of what God was or what you were told God was. Tell me about your transformation. 
That's a great question. And it, it really happened when I was when I was about when I was 25, I moved from Atlanta to Orlando, Florida. And when I lived in Atlanta, I went to a, a fairly I went to a Presbyterian church that was fairly liberal. I mean, it was a good church. I enjoyed going to church there. It was a lot of friends went there. And it was never, we never heard about anything that was negative, really. And, and I was gay, and I don't like make any difference. But when I moved to Orlando, I went to the Presbyterian church, and it was like, uh-uh, this ain't for me. Mm. So right around the corner, because it was talking about pornography, I don't want to hear about pornography. I don't even like pornography, but I don't want to hear about it in the pulpit. but that's not why I'm here. Mm -hmm. So I went around the corner to St. Luke's Cathedral, which was the Episcopal Cathedral in Orlando. And my family in Atlanta, they were all very much involved with the Episcopal Church and the cathedral there. And they were always wanting me to come and be part of the Episcopal Church. So I thought, well, Miles might be the opportunity. So I went and I joined the church. And when I joined that church, I found this great group of people that were strange as hell. <laughs> but I just loved them. They were a group of maybe seven or eight people, men and women. And they were meeting at this little side chapel in the cathedral at seven o'clock on Wednesday morning. And they were reading the cloud of unknowing and they were doing what's called centering prayer. Uh huh. And I thought, I don't know what this is really, but it makes more sense than anything I've ever seen in church. <laughs> and that is when I began to understand more of a journey toward meditation and prayer and becoming a contemplative and now I would consider myself a mystic but that was the beginning of the journey and then I moved to New York and then I got I started going to Trinity Church and I started reading doing the lessons there and I began I met a and I just it, that just began my journey there and it's evolved ever since and um probably uh my two enlightenment moments happened happened in 2016 and 2017. Uh, in 2016, I was, uh, in October of 2016, I was, I was working so hard to become a certified leader in the Mankind Project. And I had spent, it's a long process, and I, I had staffed 30-something times, and I had been on this journey for a long time, and I went to Orlando, I went to Toronto to get certified, and I had, I knew I was going to get it. I had gone for three times and I, I just knew all the right answers and I was definitely going to get this thing. Well, I got there and I, and when men and I started talking, I realized this wouldn't work. This wasn't going too well because you see the thing is what they're, what this panel is looking for, they're not looking for any right answers because there is no right answers. Mm. They're looking for your relationship to your authentic self, mm. to your, they don't call it your divine self, but they want to know what the relationship is to our shadow. The shadow is a part of us that believes we're not good enough, all those kinds of things. It's the opposite of the truth, actually. And it has its own belief structure. And they were, the, and I, and what I did is I sat in that hot seat and tried to hide everything that was authentic. And they weren't buying it. Mm. And so I sat there and I could see they're just, them just glazing over and I could just feel worse and worse and worse. Oh. <laughs> And then the way it goes is they sit you in a hot seat. Then you get a choice if you want to sit as a fly on the wall and they're going to discuss what they talked about. Well, that was like having open heart surgery without <laughs> any anesthesia. Because yeah. all they were doing was talking about all my wounds. Mm. Where I, but then, but the, so, I, so that afternoon, I was in agony. And I went to bed. 
I couldn't go to sleep. I was lying in bed and I was angry and I was pissed off and I was having, I was like, they, how could they do this to me? I want to take my toys mm-hmm. and thumb out my body. <laughs> so finally I was lying there and I thought about, I don't know where it came from. I remembered my early days and the early steps of AA recovery, the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. And something came all over me and all of a sudden I just relaxed. And this, this, energy fell into me, came into me, and I felt this such a deep peace of calm that I had never experienced before. And it's like, whoa, wow, this feels really good. And this voice, it's more of a feeling than a voice, but it's a voice. I mean, I can, it's like, it's in English. (laughs) (laughs) It's not in Uganda, it's in English. And this voice in me said, Martin, none of this stuff, it doesn't matter that you get certified. Why do you want to be certified in the first place? And when she asked me that question, it was really to prove I was worthy. Mm. It was, I wanted to be certified to, pr- to prove I was worthy of love. Mm. She says, you don't need to prove you're worthy of love. You're just worthy. You are the universe itself. You are so, you're so much bigger than you think you are. You need to let that go and let me, all you got to do, Martin, is just show up with love and gratitude and I'm going to do the rest. Mm. she just told me was how to manifest because mm-hmm. that's all it is you just get present to the moment with the love and gratitude in your heart and let go of the reins and let the universe do the driving and that's manifesting and that's where I am today and that's what I teach people but that's where I that's where I woke up the first time and I and I went on a sabbatical and I came back uh to do sort of get certified. And I, when I came back the second time, I was like, I don't really have any desire to do this. I don't really want to do this. It's not something I need to do. What I love to do is serve food because I, I worked at Ground Zero for nine months and I put out a million and a half meals for workers at Ground Zero. Mm-hmm. I love serving people. And that's what I decided to do. So now I, I'm the MOS king on weekends and I put my own, own container together. And that was my first awakening right there. Mm-hmm. The second one happened. <laughs> Shortly after we elected Donald Trump president, after that, we elected, this was in October, we elected him president, I believe, in November. Well, when we elected him president, I went into the dark, I went I went into a tailspin. I went into the darkest night of my soul. Me too. I, no one knew. They were, my office, they were like, oh, it's just, a, you know, it's just a Republican. It'll be good for the party. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, there is, some, there is something really, really dangerous here in this, mm-hmm. in this. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I, I and all of a sudden my business went from being I was a top producer on the forty fourth floor with this great big view, and all of a sudden I was on the edge of bankruptcy within months because I could not function, I couldn't work, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I was in so much fear that I could not function really, and uh, I even had my car repossessed one day. That felt really great. Oh, Come out and find my car gone. So I'm sitting here one day. This is my second waking awakening awakening. Uh, and I'm sitting there, uh, I'm sitting on my sofa having this, and, and my friends and our attorneys said, Martin, you could make this go away by just declaring bankruptcy. You'd be a great candidate for bankruptcy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound very good either. You know? Thanks, friend. <laughs> so I called, my, I called my spiritual teacher, Teresa, who I love, and she said, well, Martin, number one, I don't suggest you declare bankruptcy. It might make you feel a little better for a few moments, but it's not going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. If you want to solve this problem, you're going to have to surrender it to God the same way you surrendered alcohol to God a few years ago. And I knew exactly what she meant. So I did the same thing. I said, a a surrendering prayer. I said, God, I have made a mess of my finances. I made a mess of my life. It's making me miserable. I have so much shame. 
I don't want to feel this way. And I know you love me. And I know you'll, if I ask for your help, you'll give it to me. So I said, I am surrendering this to you, God, to help me because I want to feel good and I want to have a wonderful life. And do you know, bang, <laughs> there she came again. I was filled with that deep sense of peace and, and abundance and joy and calm that was like, wow. And that same voice said, Martin, I've told you before, none of this stuff matters. All that matters is that you show up with love and gratitude and I'll do the rest. And it was in that time that I decided to leave the world of wealth management. That's where I was making money. I was, mm-hmm. I was a wealth manager and I decided to become a, a coach and teach people how to let go of their emotional attachments to money because everybody wanted financial freedom. Uh, and, and, and what we were doing is designing plans where they'd never run out of money. Well, that's not freedom. That's a plan that will help you understand how you won't run out of money. But then you're, but then you're still worried about <laughs> worried about running out of money. Yeah. So what people really wanted, and I now had this the secret formula for it was how to let go of those emotional attachments. Moments they can be free uh, to live their lives and do what they want to do. And so that's how I became a spiritual teacher and a mystic and a and a a, 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 a mentor to people who want to learn to manifest to so many people. I love those stories and I'm, I'm glad that, that we went down that path. Um, You're you've used the word mystic twice. And so for the folks who are listening, who have no idea what you're talking about, (laughs) let's give a little bit more education. Define mystic. I I love to get some more education. (laughs) A mystic is nothing more than someone who's gone beyond a belief system to an experience of living in the mystery of life. Mm -hmm. You are a mystic. You may not call yourself a mystic, but when our conversations with you is Mm -hmm. you, I know you and I've met you and everything that you're talking about is all about living in the mystery of God, living Mm -hmm. in the mystery of of the universe, Mm -hmm. that magical field of unconditional loving energy that is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the quantum field. We call it the zone of genius. When we're in that field of infinite potential, another word for it. Mm-hmm. There, we 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 we're empowered, and we have wonderful powers to manifest our future. And manifesting is based on a very simple formula. It goes like this: What you think is what you create, and what you feel is what you attract, mm-hmm. and what you imagine is what you become. And that works in both a positive and a negative direction. Mm -hmm. Yes. That works in both ways. Mm -hmm. So we're always manifesting. We used to use the word, we're always creating. We're made by the creator. We are the creators. We're always doing it. It's our nature to create and manifest. Mm -hmm. The secret is understanding it and doing it with an intention to create the world you want to live in. Mm -hmm. So if I'm thinking oh my God, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. I'm going to repossess like I was doing and I'm going to sit in this place of hell and I'm, I'm going to create more lack. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, got, I created so much lack that I was on the edge of bankruptcy. That's right. that's what I meant. I manifested that moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I God to help me manifest something that I liked better. And uh, use the two words that I love so much. I am. I am. Most powerful. Yes word you can say is yep. I am. When Jesus said, I am the light, follow mm-hmm. me into the darkness. 
he wasn't talking about him as a human being. He was talking about the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. I am the Makaka. I am the universe. Mm -hmm. I am the light. Follow me into the darkness. And I will show you the way. I tell people, no matter what you put behind that, those words, those are creation words. You are co-creating. As soon as you say, I am, you're co-creating whatever comes after that. That is, you know, I've never thought of it that way, but that's exactly right. If you say, I am a beggar, I am a poor person, I don't have any money, I am broke, that that's boom, what you're boom, going boom, to boom. Yep. That manifest because that's what yeah. you said. And it, it elicits the feeling you're talking about. So if right. I say I am and I put a negative thing, then I've already started co-creating that. And what I just said gave me that feeling that's attached to that word. And so right. that's how that's all moving. And you just have to reverse it. Flip it. Yeah. But but I think what people don't understand is just saying the words is not enough. What you just taught us is that it's not just saying the words, although you can co-create that with the I am, but to truly manifest, you have to have the emotional oomph to send those rockets of desire out there. I mean, it, you the more you yes, can connect exactly. emotionally to that vision of what you're co-creating, that's the juice that sends it out there. And the, other, the other important thing that we, you really got to understand is the shadow work. Mm. The going inside and doing the deep necessary work to, to move those those shadow beliefs, those old lingering pains that are that are still stored in your body. Mm-hmm. You gotta be released. Mm-hmm. And that's what shadow work is, is learning to love the parts of ourselves we don't like because we're scared of them. They make us feel bad. Mm. So attitude is to learn how to do that. And I, I had a, a guest on our show last Friday. Her name is Deborah. Another guest, another person I met due to thanks to Jen and to Jen. Good for her. She's got a, a <laughs> you would really she would love to you'd love to have her on the show. Her name is Deborah Driscoll and she has a company called Big Life Magic. And uh we were talking about manifesting and we were talking about there's three components. There's where you are in the moment, being aware. Like I might wake up one morning and feel like, well, I'm feeling fear. This thing that I'm manifesting is 25,000. I'm, I'm feeling fear. I might not be able to get that. Okay, that, that's being honest with me. That's what I'm feeling right now in this moment. So you got to own what you're feeling in the moment. And then what you do is you say, okay, well, what is that thing up there that I want? I want that. What I, what's, what's the thing I want manifest? Mm-hmm. I want to have that $25,000. I want to have that sanctuary. I want to have that thing. So then you begin to, you begin to create in your mind that thing that you want up there appear. You know, mm-hmm. this is where you got to do a little work. The how to, how do you get from here to here? Well, you got to go what she calls some ladders. You know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to go from being poor and broke and penniless <laughs> to being worth a million dollars because yep. it's like I had a million dollars. But it's not so hard. That's what I do with the, the Africans. It's not so hard for them to understand what it feels like to manifest $150 into their Impesa account because that's mm-hmm. happened. So you start with something that's that you can that you can actually feel, and then it's like, well, what are you going? Then then you get still you listen, and the universe will tell you what to do. Like, well, why don't you go out there and put out some some uh, requests to sponsor our program, and you can get a little commission. We have a program now which allows these people to, to get a little commission if they sell a subscription to our to our program. Up to, they get 50% of the donation up to $150. That's a lot of money to them. 
So we've given them a way to actually manifest money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, I can tell you something. They're so used to begging. It's the, this is the hardest thing mm-hmm. for them to break this beggar's curse because they've had to beg for so long. They didn't know any other way to survive. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're teaching them one thing. Let that go. You're not a beggar. You're so much more than that. And here, get it out of your mind that you're a beggar. And here's a script that you can go out and you can use instead of that. And you can actually, we give them some scripts. We give them some tools to go out and actually sell subscriptions to our Diamond Mine project, which allows them to earn a little commission. It helps us and it creates some positive momentum and it helps. They benefit from it. They benefit from the project itself but they need a little money in their pocket. They need to buy some data. They need to buy food. They need to take care of basic necessities. Mm-hmm. My son has four children. He just manifest. He has manifested one hundred twenty-five dollars for the first time. He sent it all to his kids that he's estranged from because they're living in Uganda. Mm-hmm. He's living in exile because he's a curse. Mm-hmm. So he loves his children. He felt so good that he could finally be a father that was able to give his kids some money. Yeah, yeah. Do you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask about, and you were talking about the ladders and and what you can go for, but the the beggar's curse. Do do you find that trusting the universe, trusting the creator, is hard for people because when they're begging, they're they're physically doing something. They can see what they're doing. They can see the outcome. Trusting, you know, the the unknown cloud, the <laughs> the thing oh, out yeah, there that. Well, yeah. How does that work? It it doesn't matter whether you're living in, it's even a bigger problem for Americans who've got everything they want, you know, to to let go. We are raised, let's just stick to America for a second, then you can Mm -hmm. translate. But we're brought up, you and I are brought up to, if we want to be successful and we want to be liked and we want to be important and we want that big office, it's all about what you do. Yeah What you learn and how you do it. And you better do, 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 do this. and, And you exhausted (laughs) how you create wealth Mm. is exactly the opposite it's not about doing it's about being and feeling (laughs) (laughs) we feel our way into the future Mm -hmm. and that's a very hard concept for people to understand until they've done it Mm -hmm. So one of the things that what I love in my coaching is to help people get that first break. Like my son had that first breakthrough. He'll never go back to that again because he mm-hmm. knows that it works. Mm-hmm. So the only way you really can know that it works is to like start out with a low rung on the ladder, mm-hmm. coaching and some support to help you understand when you fall off the ladder, how to get back on the ladder and stay focused on what you want and stay focused on that positive vibration. Mm-hmm. We are vibration. We are in everything in the universe can be understood by energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm-hmm. And the universe itself, unconditional love, is the highest vibration in the universe. It is It is the vibration of the universe. It is the creative. And it is what we are. It's right here. Mm-hmm. As Thomas Keating once said, inside of every one of us is a place of pure emptiness, pure mm-hmm. nothingness that contains the entire universe. Now, that is something way beyond the human mind. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you I've experienced it. And I experience it all the time. Mm. 
I wish people could feel what I'm feeling from you right now. <laughs> it's very beautiful, Martin. It's very beautiful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I will invite you if you want to feel this. <laughs> my, 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 our team in Africa, they lead a, 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 a daily uh, manifestation meditations, a daily manifesting meditation on Zoom for Africans and Americans. It's at seven o'clock here a.m. in the morning. It's at three o'clock in the afternoon in Africa. And you can just come in and sit and we'll 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 do what we're doing here. We'll just lead you into a meditation. We'll get into our zone of genius and we check in and we talk about who, what it feels like to be in here. And then we look about what are we going to manifest from here that day? We go, mm -hmm. this is how we get into the, the zone of genius, we call it. Mm -hmm. We can manifest. We all have a genius in us. <laughs> we do. It's in the heart. It's not in the head. That's right. That's right. Because it's all about love. It's all about love. It is that vibrational energy of love. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, for me, I recently adopted these two men. Uh, and it was like almost like automatically. They're not really, they're not blood related. They just happen mm -hmm. to be two Ugandan men who were kind of in the same place with me at the same time. And all of a sudden, they both wanted they both wanted me to be their dad and I wanted them to be my son. And we were kind of sort of in that unconditional loving energy of a father and a son and the creator and the created. And it just feels magnificent mm. because it, once you're in that unconditional loving energy, it spills out on everyone, mm -hmm. partner, my friends, my family, it's an energy within me that you're feeling right now mm -hmm. that's coming out of me because that's who I am. Right. And you are too, by mm -hmm. the way. I feel it from you as well. I can see it in your face and your smile and your heart. I feel it from you. And we're kind of feeding off each other that mm -hmm. moment. We're raising our vibration with each other. And this podcast, when it gets released, will raise vibration for the people who listen to it. Right. Right. It's sort of like that um, that thing that people talk about on, like, if you see somebody doing an act of kindness, not only do does the person you're doing it for feel good, but you feel good, and anybody who's watching it happen feels good. And that's just part of the joy of love and, and unselfishness, really. When you release your expectations and allow it to just flow through you, it's brilliant. When you release your expectations, and this is the other one, this is the one that Amer Americans have a real hard time getting. Like, Let go of your agenda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let go of your agenda. You know, I, I hear you all the time that say, oh, I'm just so slammed. I don't have time. I'm like, you're not living. It's a much better way to live life. If you're living slammed, what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring into the future all the things you didn't get done in the past that you felt like we're going to make you do something. Mm -hmm. That was yesterday's news. That was yesterday's news. <laughs> Every day we start fresh. It's mm -hmm. a whole new cycle. Every day it's a brand new cycle. Let I had to start training myself to say, I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time because I would, my concept of time is mine. <laughs> and, and I would sometimes get anxious because I didn't understand it the concept of time. And so I would just remind myself, I have plenty of time, which would reduce the blood pressure and it would give me space. And I always got where I needed to be and everything always fell into place. But because I, I gave it permission to do that, you know, I released yeah. the expectation of being too busy and gave yeah. myself plenty of time. 
Yeah, and we said that every day. Uh, since I have moved into this higher realm of consciousness, a really big piece of it happened in, in the last, I had a real breakthrough in the last few weeks, mm. uh, doing some work with Deborah, Deborah of, 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 of Big Life Magic. And I, I attended her, her, her new moon circle at the beginning of this moon cycle. And the whole thing in there was where she was telling Martin, we're, we're, the world's in, the cosmos is in intense form of, of, of transformation right now. You can feel it. I can feel it, can't you? Mm -hmm. It's intense. And we were going into Scorpio, which is all about going inside and looking inside. Mm. And we've got we've got Mars and we've got Uranus. Mars is kind of the action hot, get it done. Oh, done, done, done. Uranus is all about messy and everything's flowing around and, and it seems chaotic. And the thing we want to do right now is to is to let all that go and go inside. Mm. Because as Ram Das will tell you and tell us everything life is all about the intimacy within our own heart our relationship with our own heart mm. everything happens within our own heart within our within our everything happens everything happens in here and then it happens out there first but it happens in here first which is a wonderful thing to know because then it, if you've got something i'll give you an example i was recently my husband felt a little bit disjointed because I spent so much time in Africa he felt left out. Oh. And I and I and I could see it. You know, mm -hmm. and it was causing a tension, tension in our and I was doing some things that were not that were, were, were triggering him. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I, what what do I really want here? I don't want to convince him that I love him. I've been with him for 22 years. <laughs> I began to say, what what do I want to manifest? I want to manifest a deep loving relationship with my husband. I don't want the dysfunctional relationship my parents had. Right. I'm worthy of a loving relationship with my husband. And my husband is worthy of a loving relationship with me. Mm -hmm. So I began to shift that feeling, that sense in me. And I began to intentionally manifest, I want to have a deep loving relationship with my husband. And I got to tell you, that's what we've got now. Nice. And it didn't take very long. Mm -hmm. It's all my internal, it's all an inside job. Mm -hmm. He's the same as he's always been. He's a little bit like my father. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> he'll find something. Except to for you. About. He likes he'll, you. He'll find something to complain about. <laughs> I don't know what. He'll find a way not to like it, you know? <laughs> and But I would judge, but I was finding about, I was judging him the way I judge my father. And it's unfair. Uh... You see, I, yep. I, I, you can't judge and love at the same time. No. Mm -mm. So mm -hmm. if I'm judging him, I'm not loving him. So I got to quit the judging and start the loving. And when mm -hmm. I did, we're now create. We now have a, a whole different relationship that's that's coming from a place of love. But I had to do the work. Mm -hmm. I had to go in and see what was going on, and then I had to show up, and I had to be more, more more transparent with how we spent, how I was spending my money. I went and started, began to ask him how to, to help me with certain things that I didn't know before. Asking for help is a wonderful way. It's a wonderful way to get close to someone. Mm -hmm. Everybody simple needs to be needed. Simple things like, I can't figure out what's going on with my computer. It doesn't want to work. Can you help me out with this? <laughs> That's my dog. 
<laughs> you walked past that. I'm like, are you shushing your husband? <laughs> no, I'm shushing that dog. Shushing she wants to go outside and she's making noise. Let me let her outside real quick and I'll be right back. So okay. Please do. We don't want to piddle in the in the house. Okay. But she's right here. <laughs> so let's let's have some fun here. Let's reverse roles for a few moments. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about gay with God and how you got here and what why this is so I mean you got a lot of passion for this and it's very I good do. work so if you got a lot of passion for something it's probably because you got you got you had some torture along the way to get here <laughs> well well I'm sure that I did uh read my memoir it's on the book <laughs> but um but no I'll play with you um well I think that my passion comes from I think it started with fear the the original fear was that I would go to hell if I didn't have a relationship with God and I didn't know I was gay. And so I had that fear of hell, which created the unworthiness. It was like, you know, the downward slide of all of that. And it, to overcompensate for that, I created in myself a calling from God that I would be a missionary because, you know, if you read the Bible when you're a kid, Paul became Saul because of the dusty road, or Saul became Paul because of the dusty road of Damascus, and that's how you get to heaven, and you get a transformation. So it's like it was all an illusion growing up. When I realized that I was gay, the fear, well, I couldn't realize I was gay for the longest time because of that fear of hell and what I'd been taught, because I hadn't been able to unpack the teachings yet. And so mm -hmm. as I started leaning in to, I'd always done some kind of therapy, either school counseling or, or traditional therapy at the mental health center and that kind of thing. When we lost our job in 2019, uh, because we, there was a program that came in that was going to cost way more money than we had to run it. And so the business closed and we were out of a job. It wasn't our business and the business closed. So I decided I would do coaching. I created a, a coaching online thing called Awakened Hearts, Empowering Awakened Hearts. But then I realized that I still had that fear of church and hell and being gay. And suicide had always been an option for me all through my life. That's That was my thing. And I was not, I had a great facade, but internally I was, I was mincemeat. I didn't have anything really to stand on. So as I leaned back into reclaiming my faith and finding an authentic faith, not something that somebody told me it was, but something that was mine, that I could feel it. When I leaned back in and I was able to reclaim it, that was the journey I was on at that point. And the Gay With God podcast came out of wanting that for other people. I wanted anybody else who was... Con, con, you know, thinking of suicide, contemplating that, someone that felt lost, someone that felt like that somebody had taken something from them and that was not, that's not what they had wanted, but they didn't know what the choice was. And so my passion now is not birthed out of fear. It's birthed out of love for the people like me that need to hear the message, whether they reclaim their faith or not. It's me being able to give them that light and that that option because everybody deserves whatever it is that makes them happy. That's why we're here. That's right. Have a happy, fulfilling life. And yes. 
and enjoy. And, and what does Ram Dass say? Walk each other home. Walk each other home. I love that. Yeah, I love Ram Dass. Uh, I might have mentioned to you before, there's a wonderful Episcopalian priest. Her name is a woman priest. Her name is the Reverend Cynthia Bourgeau. And she has a wonderful little teaching that's on Audible. It's called The Wisdom of Jesus, the Wisdom Teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And she breaks down, and one of the things she breaks down that's just beautiful is the Beatitudes from the wisdom perspective. Mm. We know, claiming that Jesus was Jesus was really a revolutionary. <laughs> rebel. Revolutionary rebel. rebel. <laughs> revolutionary rebel. He was a yep. really a, and he was a, uh, a leader of nonviolent resistance against the empire of Rome. That's why they, mm-hmm. that's why they killed him. That's right. Uh, really. And, and of course the, the, the Jews got in there involved and said, I don't, I don't even know how much of that part of the story is really true. I mean, that, you know, about the fact that they, crucify him, crucify him. I sometimes wonder if that wouldn't sort of add it in later to mm. sort, of, sort of create some anti-Semitism. But um mm-hmm. but the real story is he was he was he was he was crucified by the Roman Empire for being a a revolutionary mm-hmm. <laughs> teacher that had a lot of followers that they didn't like and they mm-hmm. wanted to... mm-hmm. and it's all part of the divine plan but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, and he was teaching. He was teaching how to get in the kingdom. What I find so disturbing today, and I hope it changes. I have yet to find a church. I've been looking for a long time, mm-hmm. almost seventy, that really walks the talk mm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Talk a good sermon. They can get you in the zone of genius. They can make you feel all wonderful and good. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know that they're actually getting you into that space of, they're not doing, I haven't found a church yet. I'm looking for one, really. I'm being being honest, that actually walks that talk and actually Uh does bring Uh people into that kingdom of heaven. Uh That's what we were taught to do. Like you I am the light. Follow me into, Uh priests and stuff, even in in the Episcopal church, they still seem to talk about it. They don't mm-hmm. talk from it. Mm-hmm. They don't claim it. Mm-hmm. And I would really love to meet and if somebody's listening to this and they know of, of a church where they actually do walk that talk and they actually are bringing people into the kingdom of heaven. And that's whether it's Sunday or Monday, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. that everything that that church community is about is about helping people to get into this kingdom of heaven so they can manifest a wonderful life. That's what Jesus was teaching it us to us. You know that's why he shows how to make how to how to create how to feed five thousand people out of three fish and a couple of loaves of bread. Yep, <laughs> because he's trying to teach us we can live a life of abundance and joy and prosperity if we'll just let go of our material possessions and our clinging to the past. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> so I, what this has been a wonderful conversation. And I hope that we're not done. I hope that we will do it again. Our time is is up, my friend. See how fast that went? But then I get to talk to you on Friday. You're going to be on my show. I am. Our show is me and Halid. You'll meet my son Halid. Yep. I can't wait. I'm excited. It will be very similar to this. We just just get in there and we're really talking. what, What we're talking about now is manifesting peace for Christmas. Oh, nice. I, nice. Am, manif- I am manifesting a Trump-free Christmas. 
<laughs> We're gonna have it. Because this is what I think is gonna happen. I'm gonna give you my forecast right now. Okay. Give it to me. We're living with a cult right now. The MAGA yes, they cult, and they have a cult leader named Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And that's that is an imp- the rest of the world is watching it and using it as a model, and these kind of people are coming up in other parts of the world. What happens to a cult when they don't have a leader? What happened? What would happen if all of a sudden one of these judges arrives in his Mar-a-Lago one night and says, "Give me your phone." Mm. Under house arrest. Mm-hmm. No phone. No internet. Nothing. No fanfare. No no marching into the police. No to the fa- just. He no longer. He's just silent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going. I'm listening to the. I'm listening. The judges are smart. They're giving him lots and lots and lots and lots of rope. Something that most people would never get in his. Right. In his, right. Remember, he is he is on trial for treason. Yes. On bond, on bail at the mercy of the court. They're going to take that away from him. That is. And we're my- going to wake up and there's going to be. No Trump this Christmas. It's going to be silence. It's going to be joy because what? I don't know what. I don't know all the details. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't have to know. <laughs> you just manifested. <laughs> I'm just manifesting a Trump free Christmas, and that means I don't have to hear him mm-hmm. because it, it, I don't know what the, what would they do. I don't know. I don't know if they would if they yeah. would like disband or if they would try to rise up. But but they I don't know if they I'm will. Good. Sure, they will try. Yeah. But without there, there's yeah. no, yeah. there's no cult. Right. You are correct. And I, and, I, and I think we're beginning to see some loosening with the recent expulsion of that guy from the. I mean, you had to get that low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and, and yeah. it's not about, and it's it's not about good people and bad people. It's about people who've gotten pulled in from the, their fears into yes. a cult. Yes. I mean, yes. I've got family members. I've got friends. You probably do too. Yep. And you can talk to them yep. about this stuff because they are adamant that they're right and you're wrong. And yep. uh, I can't even talk about it. But <laughs> get ready for- breathe, breathe with me, Martin. Breathe. <laughs> We're going to release it. Into a Trump-free Christmas, <laughs> isn't it? We are. Yeah. I'm. I'm going to join you with that manifestation, and I will add that to mine. <laughs> Okay. I love good. that. I will join you. <laughs> that, that that's gonna be kind of the topic of the conversation on uh Friday when you join me. I oh forward. good, 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 good. I would love that. I would love that. So in our closing minutes, is there anything else that you want to say? Any any wisdom that needs to come out that's just bursting to be said? My favorite mantra is this. When I get that little tug of fear mm-hmm. that I'm not going to get my way, or about the, it's really a fear of the future. Okay. My little mantra says this, let it go. Something magical is about to happen. Ooh, I'm let writing it that go. down. <laughs> Something magical is about to happen. Okay. You know, every time I do, something magical happens. <laughs> All right, everybody, you heard it. <laughs> you heard it. It's his, but you can borrow it. You can let it go. Borrow, you can put it on the wall. You can put it back. That's right. Plane. Something right magical is about to happen. I let love it. it love it. Love it. Something magical is about to happen. I love like it. This show. This was a magical moment, wasn't it? It was magical, and I'm so honored to have you here. And thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Thank I you, really thank you, thank you too. I would, lo I loved it. I had such a good time. My dog's now wanting to get inside, so we'll let okay. her go. Okay, get, get back in. I'll give her a biscuit, and she'll be happy. And uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's, oh. it's a pleasure getting to know you. And yes, and, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun in in the new year. Um, <laughs> living without just Donald Trump. Make a lot of <laughs> All right. Well, you take care, and I will see you on Friday. I'll see you then. Right. Much love, dear. Okay, Bye -bye. much love. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Gay With God podcast. And thank you for supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Martin, to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. If you need support to help you through your coming out and or faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and see how you can connect with me and receive some coaching. We have started our Gay With God book club for this very first installment of that. And so when we are ready to get more members and a fresh new group, please make sure that you have gotten the memoir. You can do that at gaywithgod.com and I'll send you a signed copy. And you can also get it at Amazon, bookshop.org and other bookstores online if you care to get it there. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.